Hi, this is Savannah Saunders from The Wonderful World of Dance. And today I'm absolutely thrilled to be in the studios of Sydney Dance Company with artistic director, choreographer and curator, Raphael Bonicella. For those who haven't been down to Australia, let me describe Sydney Dance Company's incredible studios. We are a short walk from the iconic Sydney Opera House and under the glare of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Housed in an old wharf on the Sydney Harbour, the studio and theatre is both breathtaking and understated and embedded in the history of this stunning city. Hi, Raphael. Thank you so much for joining us, taking time from your rehearsals. Hello, Savannah. It's my absolute pleasure seeing meeting you and chatting to you. It's a rainy day in Sydney, but it's a, a great day. So this week, Sydney Dance Company is having their opening night at the Sydney Opera House as part of their 50th anniversary with a thrilling triple bill called Ascent, which is co-commissioned by the Canberra Theatre Centre, where they have just been performing. So I'd love to hear all about Ascent. Tell me about the triple bill. Look, Ascent um, was last year when I was thinking about, you know, how do we call this program, you know, where we're going to have a, two world premieres and then the return of a award by Anthony Hamilton. And I said, look, we need to start on a high. I think the last couple of years have been too hard for everybody. And also we were back at the upper house, et cetera. So I was like, let's ascend. And then hopefully the audiences would be taking that journey with us as they enjoy the evening and they see the evening and they would be elevated, you know, through movement and dance and what we do. So ascend um, has a world premiere um, from Marina Mascarin. Um, Marina met the company in 2019 when we were on a tour in Europe. She came to Austria and the conversations started then. Then I have created a new work also for the evening, a short work, a 13 minute work called I Amness. And then there is a work called Forever and Ever, which is award winning a smash hit by Abdami Hanujan that we commissioned and premiered in 2018. And I've been dying to bring it back since then. It only um, was performed in Sydney and I want to take it to the rest of Australia and the world. And finally, it's happening and it's on stage and it's looking amazing. So I'm very, very proud and really happy about the evening. It sounds absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to see it later this week. So you've been the artistic director here at Sydney Dance Company since 2009. Um, and you're originally from Spain, of course. What has been your vision for the company? When I um, first arrived to Sydney, I was first invited as a guest choreographer in 2008. And whilst I was here, they, they told me they were looking for an artistic director. I had been living in London for 20 years, all of my life. And I had my my old company, my dance company with my dancers, etc. And for me, it was like, no, at, at very first, I had never thought about that sort of move. And then as you just described, you know, the Sydney Dance Company Studios and where we are, in this harbor, which is like nothing I have ever experienced before anywhere in the world when we talk about dance and dance studios. I think after a month, I was like, oh, maybe I, maybe I see myself here. You know, having been born in Barcelona, you know, and so on, and the light and the sun, and of course, also a company that's been around now for over 50 years and it's so involved here in Australia. And I did my interview. Darcy Basson was uh, one of the um, board members at the time, she had moved to Australia. So she was in the committee selection for the artistic directorship. And my proposition to the 
to the board and um, the selection panel was that City Dance Company would be under my artistic demonstration, a company where I would of course create work because I'm passionate about the fan, but I would permission the work of choreographers that I res respect and I, I admire. So I have since been, you know, always on the lookout for what's out there. Choreographers that have never been to Australia, like Marina Mascarelli, and creating work for us and being seen right now for the first time. Then us also commissioning Australian choreographers whose work maybe don't get to be seen so much overseas. And then we can take and work, you know, to Europe and America or whatever. So yes, this incredible company for me had to be repertoire of new works. Also, we have done a few, what I call masterful works, like Quintet by William Forsyth, Cacti by Alexander Ekman. So not a lot, but it has, it, we have done some um, existing works, have been works that I have either changed my life in one way or, or I knew that it would bring something to the, to, to Australian audiences, but then also to the company, to the dancers, because every time these dancers work with a new choreographer, when the choreographer leaves, I am left with better dancers. You know, dancers that have given so much that dancers have, that have been fed, you know, physically and intellectually different information from different people. And, you know, and that's such a gift for me, for them and for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, I was reading about your, your career, um, when you were a dancer yourself. And of course, you've, you've mentioned, you know, Matt's egg, his, his work is just astounding. But also you've you've danced uh, works by Christopher Bruce, Jerry Killian, Twala Tharp, you know, the, the the list is endless. So I can see how you're influenced in terms of the work that you want to bring uh, to the dancers and to Australia. Um, with a company made up of 17 dancers, what qualities do you feel define the dancers um, for Sydney Dance Company? Um, what makes them uniquely Australian as well? Look, I know. Always, I have always said that I'm, you know, I'm interested in dances that, you know, have, you know, with intelligent bodies and open minds. So they all come from very different backgrounds. You know, you have some of the dancers in the company that have done their full ballet career in ballet companies, but have always been seduced by contemporary or, or elements of contemporary dance and then have wanted to make that move. There is dances that come straight from schools where they have of course, been trained in all techniques, but maybe contemporary is more the way that they move and what is more natural to them. So I am looking for a company that's diverse, that where people come from many different backgrounds so that everyone can learn from each other. And as long as you know who you are, you're confident within yourself of what you can give and, and, and you're open to learning and you're opening to, you don't have to know everything because I don't know everything, <laughs> you know, but you can, you, you have to certainly be open to it. And I think Australian, Australia is a country that's so diverse from so many people uh, have come here from so many different backgrounds, that so many different places from around the world. And, you know, I'm one of them, <laughs> you know, only 14 years here, but still, you know, I'm Australian now. Uh, and you know, it's, 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 it's that thing about, I sometimes look at the company on stage and I think, well, that's such a reflection of more than Australia, which is a country that's incredibly diverse and um, wonderful. You mentioned that you spent, you know, 20 years in London. Um, 
tell me about how you know, that experience in the last 14 years here has influenced your own creations, your own approach to choreography, and perhaps to the work that you're showing um, this week. Look, 20, I mean, London, I, I went to London raining to dance, you know, like the whole choreography was something that I loved doing always, but it was like a playing game thing that, you know, dance was, I started dancing quite late in terms of formally taking a dance class. I was 15. Oh. So I, I danced all my life, but I didn't know that this was called a Pierre and this was called a John. And then I rest and I was like, oh my God, this has names and we can train and you can, you know, potentially you can you living. And I moved to London and I did that, which was like, so thing I never even dreamt that I kept maybe doing. And I was so lucky that I got the job at Rambert. I, I got it with Richard Olstein. Mm. And then within a year, then Christopher Bruce came. And he, I was so like, I couldn't believe that it wasn't that happening to me. But when I joined Rambert, I hadn't even seen that because I couldn't afford it. You know, like, yeah, I still didn't love it. Like, how did everybody, <laughs> you know, working in a theater as an usher. And just everything, but it, th there was this dream that I had always had to dance. And suddenly I knew that contemporary dance was my thing. Yeah. And I had, when I was in London training at the Novel City Center for three years, I was like doing every ballet class and every contemporary dance class. I just on Fridays, just for being fun, you know, and everything. But I didn't know when I would end up. So Rambert was, in a way, nothing that I had planned, but the best gift I could have been ever given for somebody that waited and had this desire to also choreograph. Because in a way, I never went to choreographic school, but I had the, the, the privilege to work with some of the greatest leading choreographers, and then in many different ways, and then also learn some repertoire in Rambert, we did that a lot. And I was there for 12 years. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was just so angry to, to, to learn none of the, the strategies and ways and forms and this and that. And, and, and then I, I stepped in my own dance company and that was my, you know, way of starting to find my own voice in a way. And you have so much of, I hope, and I do have so much of everyone I have worked with in my entire career. But as you then, you know, just do it more and more and more. And then I moved to the other side of the world, which, you know, was Australian. And I was giving this other gift, which is 16, 17 dancers. You know, that, that are, that are lackingly, you know, employed full time, looked after because they work so hard and so they should and working, you know, and, and, and now my last word was when I am this, um, you know, I do see my work from, I don't know, however many years ago and my work now and it feels and it looks, and, and I feel that is an evolution in the way that the dancers move and I approach more because I've just been given this opportunity to practice the craft and with choreography, you need dancers. You can think about it as much as you want. You can also, you know, go into the studio and play yourself or in living or whatever. But at the end of the day, it is that moment in the studio with these human beings that are incredible minds and bodies, which, you know, that's where Ayanna's comes from because it is really a concept that I've never even heard of uh, until recently when I was doing that research, searching into this new world. And Ayanna's, means, you know, it allows us to express that we're physical and we're conscious at once so that we as humans are not just a body or a mind, but we're a body and mind. And I thought, wow, that's such a good thing because that's what dancers are. And they're not good at it. 
and they're like, that's what they spend their life doing. So I felt because it was a short war, only 13 minutes, and I had this thing, four incredible dances that I decided to make the work on, that the whole approach to it would be that sense of like, I am, you know, this body that I've trained since I'm three, in some cases, only before yet, that's start quite early, but I'm also not just, I am so much more than that. And my mind, my conscious, you know, my subjectivity, the decisions that I make, the things that I think about are part of my artistry way on. And, you know, it's four dances as this individual unique artist, but also coming together as one, as one breath and one beating heart. So that's what it also happened. And yeah, I'm very proud of it. You're going to see the photos. Yeah. And me. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fantastic. And your, what's your process in terms of you know, approaching new work? Um, you mentioned obviously the research, but do you, when you go into the studios and work with the dancers, do you have set steps or do you co-create? What is your process? So look, for this one, it's, it's, it's a little bit different from work to work, depending on, on all of the elements. For this one, I have the music. So the music was a piece of music called Lonely Angel by Peter Disbas, which I've loved for a long time. So I have my favorite pieces of music. I like him a lot. I've used his music a few times in the last few years. And I thought this stuff the right moment. It's a, a meditation for violin, he calls it. So the meditation, sin, and yadness, that's where I went into the gym. So I had this piece of music already. Other times, if I'm commissioning the piece of music, then there's a lot of other conversations with the composer, with everyone else, you know, what is the concept, what is the idea? And then I think about, I, I do a lot of task work, improvisations, you know, quite common and, and, and things that we do in contemporary dance, of dance makers. So to, to, to provoke the dancers, to provoke the people in front of me into finding new ways, finding, um, you know, bringing things that we may not have thought of or that I've not. So it's a very collaborative process. That's what I'm getting to. Um, from especially with the dancers. And that's why I like dancers with open minds so that they're up for a dialogue, for a discussion, you know, to, to, to do something and go like, oh my God, what is it? Not taking it, you know, but to be okay with it, to be vulnerable and to, for me to also sometimes be able to say, I know where I'm going here, but can you help me? This is what I'm thinking. And, and they're often so into it and so open to that. So it's very collaborative in this work. It's interesting because we had one task, yeah. And then I had all the ideas of things that I was going to do. And all of the sort of things that I was going to do never made sense for this work. Because somehow the dancers were so overconnected physically in time and space and, and you know, physical connection. And I, anyone that's seen my work and knows my work, duet making trios, like anything that's physical contact, I, I mean, you know, in fact, that's where I tend to, there's very often very little unison, you know, but I was like, oh, I'm going to do that's going to work. And no, no. The work in a way took a journey and I followed that journey. And that journey was this one where the dancers were at like a constant knot between each other. Of then we have a few moments where they will not connect in terms of touch, but they're extremely connected still until they touch again. So, it, 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 and then I just went with it. It just, Okay, that's where we're going. So, okay, I'll let that idea go. Or that idea is not going to be useful anymore. And it was very much me and the dancers. I did not leave the stage at the stage, meaning this studio once. 
um, it was like, okay, now the five of us, because of this I amness, this idea of being as one, breathing as one, the body, the, the, the mind, the physicality, I also had a process of making everything quite like in the moment, that instinctively impulses, what does it feel now? Where do you want to go? Where is this heading? That I'm asking the dancers, and not, sometimes I will put a, a piece of music, not the one that, that I use, but another piece of music on a loop, so that there was no time for people to, to sort of really think about it. I wanted to feel like when you watch it on Thursday, it's almost improvised, all happening from the first time. It's not, but the way that it's been choreographed, it almost has to be because of the way that it is, you know, you have to be there for each other. If you're not there for each other, anything could happen. And what do you hope audiences take away from your piece or, you know, from seeing your work? What do you hope to inspire in your audience? And you always want the audience to be involved. You know, for me, that's what dance does. You know, often people who say like, well, what's the meaning? I'm like, what, what meaning? Like, you know, what, what, what meaning? Art, it's there to mold us. You know, to make us feel, to make us think, of course. You know, but we all have a different worldview. We'll have we we would have all had a different day, a different week. That you know, whenever we go and see something, and that will affect us, and will make us connect with the work in different ways. You know, and dance. You know, we all understand dance. We all understand the body. You know, it's a body movie. We all have one. So for me, this sense of being involved and being altered in some way. I think that's what dance can do very well. So, you know, and, and yeah, I guess that that's what I want people to feel always with dance. And it's quite a, you know, the three pieces are quite different mm -hmm. um, for Ascent. Um, you were, I think, earlier describing you know, what Ascent meant for you in terms of, you know, the company coming back after, you know, COVID and, and lockdown. Um, I imagine that audiences will be able to, you know, share in that moment here in Sydney. And then when you go on tour or the company, that must be quite exciting for you. Absolutely. And look, you know, we, we have been in a way, in some ways, quite like in Australia, you know, that there was moments we milk, yeah. whatever that means. Yeah. And the whole world was falling apart. Yeah. My family in Spain, you know, a lot of my other family in the UK from having been there 20 years and becoming an adult there. So I was living everything, you know, very differently, but also you, you had to keep going if you could, you know, so that we could continue to, you know, it's a beacon of light in a way to see that things can be okay. So, but, so for us, it, 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 you know, we had Romans Mad and some tours and, and so on. And, but now to finally be able to have Marina, which was something that was, was postponed, I don't know how many times and at some point when I go, is that going to happen? You know, and I met Marina 20 years ago last when I was in London and I had my company. She came one day, she was still a dancer and she came to spend some time with me. And then we've met around the world and I've been such an admirer of her work. So to have her in the studio in Sydney, working with the dancers who have been so dedicated to the Sydney dance company and they so deserve in every way to be fed, to be inspired by great artists also. So the meeting of minds and bodies of someone like Marina, who has been, you know, years of dedicating herself to her work and her craft and her vision to see them work, her working with the dancers of the company and what they have created. And also Marina, she decided to work with an entire 
Australian creative team. Nick Wells is made the music, and they had worked before together, though, with Ion Okra Balin, so that's a nice connection there. And Lauren Binkard, who is a visual designer and from Australia, also because Marina works a lot with sets and elements of set. But I was like, you know, as you're doing the Spanish darling with a very Spanish accent darling, I want to do this work. You know, and in Australia, we have big theaters and we have small theaters. And we're going to go to Davao and we're going to go to Hobart and we're going to go to, you know, uh, like everywhere in the country. So it needs to fit. And she's really beautifully and intelligently used this objects, elements, you know, that are cloth, that are there, but are beautiful and move and morph. You know, so it's it's everything that she is, but also very intelligently. It's, it's that thing about limitations in a way, you know, allow the mind to be freer in so many ways. So they've created something that's just so moving and powerful and beautiful. And, and then, of course, Anthony Hamilton, you know, it's... I get, it won, I don't know if I said this earlier, but it won Best Congress for the Helpman's Award. So it has had already a recognition from the industry, which is really beautiful and wonderful. And the dancers are just like, I mean, I see them every day. I work with them every day. But the other night in camera, after opening night, because I've been seeing like rehearsals of Forever and Ever. Then I'm going to see a, a Marina whenever I, I could. You know, the heavy rehearsals while I was making my own rehearsal and we were getting the repertoire that's going to be happening, all the repertoire and the two. So there's been a lot going on. And then suddenly it was the first time that we did it together in Canberra at the theater. And it's a blockbuster of a program. And the dancers, you know, they're, they're, they're just so skilled and focused and powerful and virtuosic. And, and the, the work is so different. And it's not an easy task to actually be able to switch, you know, so I was like, they never cease to impress me. And that's something that I told them on opening night. I'm saying it now. <laughs> so I'm so proud of them. I'm so fortunate to be able to work with such an incredible, you know, group of dancers. And I don't know what made them Australian or not, but what I know is that, you know, we often talk about Australian being very far. And what I know is that every choreographer that has gone here to work in the company, Marina said to me, they give me 300%. They've been giving me 300%. Even in the theater, I think the last day they're looking at me, they're taking the information, they're doing it. There is not one moment of anyone even just not being there. And that just made me really, really proud because, you know, we love what we do. It's hard work, but it's important and we should yeah, give it a Wow, can't, can't wait to see us. So, after 15 years, um, almost 15 years as artistic director, what's next for the company and for you, hmm. both as a, you so know, career? I mean, I've signed another fine. Oh. So, you know, the right. that, that was announced recently. Uh, <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to that for a few reasons. One of them is, as you know, we, we, we had to vacate a wall for two years. So we were in other premises for two years and then COVID came. So all of the time that we had had, we should have been planning what to do here. We were surviving in COVID. So we have a space, we have a small theater. It's small, it's intimate, but it's important. It's called Nielsen Studio. You know, it has a 79 seater that you can recharge. It's going to, we can do it in the round. You know, like I said, it's not right here, it's when it's ours. We have started programming 
the work of independent choreographers that are not with the company members. We did our first season last year called In Dance, and we had dance choreographers coming from Melbourne, from WA, you know, from New South Wales. Next year's program will be announced soon, you know, and it's a two-week, you know, a feast of great contemporary dance by independent makers. And there's so many, and there isn't that many venues. There's, there's an issue. I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah. Um, so we now have one where we can support the dance community. And I always saw the Sydney Dance Company as, you know, we have this amazing building. Yeah. So we have to absolutely be supporting and be like looking after in whichever way we turn and they want to be part of too the the, 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 the dance ecology in Sydney of course New South Wales and in Australia as much as we can yeah because we 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 should so there's there's a big a bit of work to be done there you know and I hope that that can become bigger and better you know at the moment we can do two weeks you know we got some funding from the city of Sydney then we got some philanthropic support because it was so successful and how much more can we do? You know, can we have a resident artist one day? Can we have, you know, all of these things? We started this year is the tenth anniversary of New Breed, which is the platform for Australian dance makers that create work for the dancers. Often in Rambit, which is how I started, used to be only company members. And what I did coming to Australia is I realized how hard, much harder it is for people here. Mm. There's less support, there's yeah. money, so it's harder. So how can I do that? So company members do get to make more, but every year select two to three independent makers. That's only 10th anniversary and it's going to get bigger. And then um, PPY, it's only 10th anniversary. So 10 years ago, we started our pre-professional year. It started with one cohort, one course. Now it's two years. So it's a two-year course with 60 students from Australia. We were going to have our first international intake in 2020, and then they have to go home. So since then, then we moved back to the world. So, and also coming out of COVID, look, you know, we, we were lucky, very lucky. I also will say this, that the government in Australia really supported um, us and we were able to keep the NASA's employed and, you know, we were able to continue to function and that's great. So, but now there's going to be a, a big push for us to get back into the rhythm of things. This year we were able to go, last year, we went to France in March. So we bought the tickets in February, the borders opened in January. We were the first Australian ensemble. I think in individual artists, singers and so on were able to leave, but as a group of 25 people, while there was still a lot of um, restrictions and so on, you know, it, and we would get Paris, Lyon, and a couple of other places in France. We did a castle show, we survived it, and, and it was incredible. So I feel like the next five years, no, maybe not, the, the, next, the next year will be to continue to get back to the rhythm of things. Mm. So that next, so therefore the next three, because I've already done one of the five, I can just really set the company out for what I mean, it's that's next. That's going to be, you know, a, that sounds absolutely fantastic. So one of my one of my favorite questions that I love to end on, um, particularly with your incredible career, both as a, a dancer and a creator and artistic director and curator, what advice would you give to other aspiring contemporary dancers or contemporary 
dance artist who'd like to become a choreographer? Are there any sort of words of wisdom that you live by or anything that you would love to pass on to to those dancers who are listening? Look, I feel for me, the way that it's worked out, there is a point where you clock that you will have your own journey that will be very different to everybody else's journey. So when I was a wannabe choreographer with my dreams of doing this and that, and I have been working with these amazing people, you know, like that, like, I don't know, or, or there was that I had worked with, I admired, you know, and I wanted to be like this, I wanted to be like that. And then suddenly you're like, well, actually, no, maybe my journey is meant to be a different one. And, you know, we've not talked about it, but I had my, you know, my beautiful chapter with Tiny Minogue, that was something that at the time wasn't happening at all with the contemporary dance making world. It then sort of bought it up a little bit, as we know, but it was quite like, well, shall I do this, shall I not? And I was like, you know what? I'm really dying to do this. And right now, at the time then, I don't know if I would ever be a contemporary dance maker, but I really want to work in dance and choreography. So let's give this a go. And it was a move that was maybe an unexpected one or, and so on, but it was the one that really gave me the confidence to continue to do and to find what it was. You have to stay curious. You have to stay open as a choreographer. You have to practice, practice, practice. And for me, because I was open to, someone gave me a gig in, in a town hall, I did it. Someone gave me a gig in a church, I did it. Someone gave me a pop gig, I did it. You know, and from all of it, I learned. And now I'm running, you know, one of Australian's leading dance companies, which was always what I wanted to do. But everything else got me to this point. You know, the, you don't just become an artistic director. You don't. Just, you know, the area of. And you know, I had my company, and I did my own posters, and I did my marketing, and I, you know, together with my producer, we wrote, we did it all, and you sort of learn and build the blogs. And then you see, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Um, and yeah, that's, I guess, the advice. That's wonderful advice. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I know how busy you are this week, so thank you very much. And I just want to give a little plug. So for audiences and visitors in Sydney, make sure that you catch Sydney Dance Company's Ascent, which is on at the Sydney Opera House from the 15th to the 26th of March. And then the company goes on a national tour from May to August. So check out the company's website and socials for all the dates and information. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.